Well, I am very grateful to be back here preaching the word as we continue through our Bear Fruit series. And we are this summer working our way through each and every one of the fruits of the spirit. We're talking about love and joy. And if you know them, you can like rehearse them. Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. We hit the big three, uh, the ones that there's literally hundreds of verses on love and joy and peace. And now we're working into, I don't know, the, the, I don't want to call them the minor prophets, the minor fruits, but some ones that we're going to have a little bit more fun maybe digging deeper into what the scriptures are telling us about these other characteristics of the fruit of the spirit. And please do hold this in mind as we go through this week by week. Yes, we want to break them down so that we can give each one some attention and devotion. But remember, in the end, we're holding them all together. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is the package deal. We don't get to simply neglect one for the sake of the other. We are all at one time working on all of these fruits in our lives. And today we have the privilege of talking about patience. And I'm going to begin by telling a story that I told. It may have been about four years ago because... About four years ago is when it happened because I have to remember that often my job is to help us remember. We can all get enamored with the new, with the novel, with something exciting, and certainly I can, feeling kind of that pressure of, I gotta maybe say something that people haven't heard before. But the truth be told, we don't always have to hear something new, right? Sometimes we do just need to remember. We need to be reminded. We need to rehearse God's faithfulness. We need to rehearse the promises that have been fulfilled. We need to remember his goodness towards us in past times to help us move forward into the future times, right? So this is, for many of us, a story of remembering and remembering the life of a man named Brant Bruxworth. Brant was a part of Connections when he launched in 2018. He had been a member of Horizons Church, which built this facility and worship here for years and years before that. And uh, I was getting to know Brant and uh, his wife, Vani, was we were uh, moving forward as Connections Church when he very suddenly died in February of 2019. He went on a walk and he walked all the way home, all the way to glory. He died suddenly, almost in an instant, they said, uh, and caught us all by surprise. I got the call almost immediately. I went over to the house and there at the house already, family and friends were beginning to gather uh, and to remember, and that's what families do. That's what we do whenever we're struck so suddenly with a tragedy like that. I did what I always do in those situations. I shared my condolences, and then I just made myself available to sit and to be present and to be quiet and to listen. And as I listened, this much became very clear. As people were telling stories about Brandt, they were pretty much rehearsing a list of the fruits of the Spirit. They were talking about his love. They were talking about his joy. They were talking about the peace that he exuded, his kindness, his goodness, his faithfulness. You could have had a bingo card and just been checking off the boxes. By the way, that's a really good idea. As I say that out loud, somebody remind me, we should make a fruit of the Spirit bingo card because as I think about it, you could literally have, sorry, this is a, for, a thought forming. Uh, you could have the three by three little grid and have each one and we could all be kind of keeping that before us and kind of checking off, not like I'm done with love, but like, oh yeah, love there. Like, okay, we're gonna make fruit of the Spirit bingo cards. Somebody remind me because I'll forget by the end of the service. You could have checked off a bingo card 
of the fruit of the Spirit about Brant's life. But of all the fruits of the Spirit, one would have had numerous, numerous little checks on it. And that was the fruit of patience. I had never heard anything like it before in my life, before or since. Each and every person, I think, going through that room made a special effort. They, 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 they went out of the way to comment on Brant's profound, life-impacting, life-changing patience toward them. I was truly, truly struck with it. I remember hearing all these stories and I got in my car and it was late in the day, so traffic was horrible. So I was honking my horn and telling people, get out of the way. I said, I have to get home and write down all these stories about patience, which we kind of laugh at, but is kind of true about our reaction in these situations. I was actually driving home and fighting the traffic and just thinking about the patience that this man lived by and the impact that it had on his life. And truly in that moment, I resolved that I was gonna be a patient man, that I was going to at least strive to be a more patient man. When I saw the impact of patience and it could have on your spouse, on your kids, on their spouses, on your grandchildren, on family and friends, when I saw the impact that patience could have on lives, I just said, I need to resolve to become a more patient person because like many people, I would have almost in a sense being cavalier about it. Oh, I'm just not one of those patient people, right? And just kind of dismiss it. And maybe this fruit more than all of the others is the one we tend to dismiss. We wouldn't dismiss love, right? <laughs> Loving, you know, we wouldn't dismiss kindness or goodness. Ah, I'm not gonna be a good person. <laughs> but we can be very dismissive of patience, can't we? Oh, you know, I'm just not a patient person. Yeah, just, that's just not how God wired me. Well, maybe God didn't wire you that way, but the Holy Spirit wants to rewire you and cultivate that fruit in your life. Because of course it dawned on me, the simple but profound truth that has been in front of us for all these years. And even if you're not a church going Christian, you know this, you've heard this. Every wedding you've been to, you've heard this. You probably had it at your wedding. You'll hear it at other weddings. What is the first characteristic of a love lived out? Love is patient. I, it hit me like it never had before. Oh yeah, love lived out, love expressed, love experienced is patient. And so we are going to talk about being patient followers of Jesus Christ today. Like the other fruits, you know, this, there may not be hundreds of things to say about the fruit of the Spirit, but there could be dozens of things to say about the fruit of the Spirit of patience. Um, so let me simply say three things and then a fourth to hold them all together. We need to cultivate this fruit of patience in our lives because God is patient. And this is the easy one. This is the obvious one, but we're gonna unpack that for a little bit. Our God is a long suffering and patient God. We need to be patient towards ourselves. We need to be, just show some patience and kindness and love towards ourselves. It impacts and, and reflects on the other fruits as well. Others need our patience, of course. And then we're gonna talk about how a theme of suffering actually holds all of this together and how suffering uniquely grows and builds patience in the heart of the Christ follower. Well, first and foremost, of course, we know that God is patient. And God has demonstrated 
his patience for us from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve, when our parents hid from God, disobeyed God, lied to God, ran from God, lied about each other, God came calling to them in the garden. Did God really not know where they were? Of course not. Did God really not know what they had done? No, but God was patiently inviting them to come out of hiding, patiently inviting them to speak truth, patiently inviting them to confess their sin, patiently inviting them to a repentance so that they might be restored. From the very beginning, we see God right in the garden was already demonstrating a patience towards his people. God was patient toward Noah as it took over a hundred years to build that ark, of course. And he was patient whenever after the flood, it was very obvious that those same sins were still plaguing the hearts of people lying to God, hiding from God, disobeying God, disobeying and mistreating one another. And yet God was patiently restoring the covenant love that he has for his people. God was patient to Abram when he waited until Abram was 80 years old to give him the promise, when Abram had to wait another 25 years before the promise would be fulfilled in his life with the birth of Isaac. And it does say in Hebrews that actually through that process that Abraham himself was learning and growing in a heart of patience, trusting that the promises of God would be fulfilled. God was patient with his people as is bringing them out of Exodus. Can you imagine the patience that requires when you answer the prayer that they have been praying and almost on the next dawn, they start complaining about the prayer being answered. Oh God, save us, deliver us from slavery. Oh, it was great when we were in slavery and we had uh, things to eat and houses, to, you know, I mean, I mean, and God's like, I mean, in, in our human minds, it's mind blowing because God was patient in answering their prayer, how they were rebelling against him, because there we begin to see this being rehearsed over and over again. God is slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. He is patient towards all of his children. We know that Jesus became the embodiment of patience. I actually love how in the life and the ministry of Jesus, you do get little insights to where his patience was being tested and tried itself when he would say to the disciples, are you still so dull and slow? And I, like, like there are times when he was like, I might be at my breaking point, I think. And yet he was demonstrating patience to his disciples. And think about the patience of God in the building of the church and in the ministry and the work of the church throughout the ages, how patient God has been with his church, with his people, because of course, we know that God is demonstrating his patience toward us. Through all this, we know that God is demonstrating his patience to, towards us when we have disobeyed, when we've tried to run and hide, when we've lied. God has been patient to us when, like Abram, we've tried to go about plans in our own way and not trusting in the promises and the word of God. God has been patient toward us when we have grumbled when we have complained, when we have grumbled and complained about the things that have actually been answered, answers to prayers. Oh, Lord God, give me a spouse. Give me somebody I could love. Oh, Lord God, this spouse is driving me crazy. Oh, Lord God, give me these children. Oh, these children are driving me crazy. And God is being patient with us. The patience of God, the long suffering of God, this is the foundation. This is the foundation for our beginning to become patient followers. 
of God. Uh, there's many passages we can turn to, but I want to turn to 1 Peter 3, verses 8 and 9, because in two simple verses, it gives such a profound insight into the reason for the patience of God and what He is doing through it in our lives. Uh, right here, so uh, Peter, 1 Peter? Yeah, 1 Peter. 1 Peter, this is chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. But do not forget this one thing, dear friends, with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So Jesus has come to earth. He's had his earthly ministry, he's been crucified, buried, he's, he's risen from the grave, he's revealed himself to his followers, he's promised the gift of the Holy Spirit, he's ascended to heaven, the Holy Spirit has come down, and the church is now growing and moving forward in mission and, and, and ministry. And of course, the people of God remember the promise of Jesus that he will come in the fullness of time to bring the kingdom in its fullness to all of Creation. Remember, the big mission of God wasn't to get us out of earth and into the kingdom, but the, the, ki the kingdom into our lives and into the earth to prepare for his return. And so this kingdom work is beginning, and people are wanting Jesus to return. And we should be eager. We should want that. We should not have an impatience towards us, but an anticipation towards the arrival and the return of Jesus Christ. We should be praying for it literally every day, Lord Jesus, come. So the people want Jesus to come back, right? Makes a perfect sense. I want Jesus to come back. And they're questioning, why hasn't Jesus come back? And here's the profound insight, of course, that Peter shares with them. Jesus is not slow in his return, as you might think about or understand slowness. A, a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day to God. Of course, these are things that we would affirm. But he says, no, no, no. God is so passionate about his people returning to him coming to repentance and knowing salvation through Jesus Christ, that he has been patiently not returning. What that tells us is that the heart of God, the heart of Jesus is to come and establish the kingdom. Jesus is eager for the kingdom to be fully established in all of creation. And yet he is so passionate in love with his people and so desiring our repentance that he is patiently, patiently holding off on his return. That's a profound insight that should shape our understanding of life and mission and ministry and the world and the future that is awaiting us, that it is actually God's patience. It is God's patience that puts us in the position where we as followers of Christ and the church is right now. It is God's patience because of his passion to see his people return through repentance. Ponder that, think about that and the patience of God and how it impacts each and every one of our lives. He doesn't want any of us to perish. That is the patience of God. So we need to cultivate this fruit of patience in our lives because God is patient. And of course, God wants us to be patient with ourselves. Um, in my basement in the house growing up, the house that my parents still own in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, there's this old wooden plaque and on the wooden plaque said, patience is a virtue. You've all heard that one, right? Patience is a virtue, but it went on. It said this, patience is a virtue, possess it if you can, seldom found in women, 
and never found in man. And we loved that because that was our excuse to not be patient men in the sailor household. Oh, we're, again, this is the dismissiveness of patience that so many of us have had. Well, I'm just not a patient kind of person. No, 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 no. That might be cute and kitschy, but we cannot live by that. No, we all have to be fostering a patience in and starting then uh, because of the patience of God, a patience with ourselves. Uh, here's, here's a better quote than, than, than that one. I found this in psychology today when I was just doing some reading here on patience. Um, this is what somebody wrote. Having a patient heart, so here's what we're going. Having a patient heart is an expression of profound love. A patient, that's the key insight of, of, of Corinthians, right? Their love is patient. So having a patient heart is an expression of profound love. While this heart can become impatient in certain circumstances, the general mood is that of calm, peaceful elation. When the heart is impatient all the time, it indicates a lack of romantic profundity. I think I like that quote because of that word. It indicates a lack of romantic profundity. A patient heart is profoundly deep. The way that the depth of love that we have for another person allows us to be extraordinarily patient toward them. Some of you would remember the early burgeoning days of a love blooming. Oh, the patience that we have. You want me to drive all the way overnight so that I can, you know, see you and then say goodbye. And then I, like, we, do, we did those things, right? Like we drive through the night, we, we'd wait with somebody. We, we, we just do extraordinarily patient things because of the profundity, the depth of love that we had. Well, we need to have that profundity, that depth of patience, not just in the romantic sense, but with all love towards all people. And, and, and certainly then, of course, towards ourself. Um, I thought that I, I discovered again in my research that there's an acronym that they actually make um, like some buttons or some stickers of. And it says, and I have to read the acronym, uh, the acrostic, I'm sorry, here. Um, P-B-P-G-I-N-F-W-M-Y. Anybody know what that stands for? Please be patient with me, God. Please be patient, God is not finished with me yet. <laughs> Which I thought, maybe we need that too. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever get it right. Please be patient with me, God is not finished with me yet. God is being patient with ourselves and we need to strive to be patient with ourselves. Um, here's another one that, that, that caught me off guard and I never thought about before. Um, let, let me pose the question before I read the verse. Um, what do you think would be more desirable, more virtuous uh, for the follower of Jesus Christ to be a valiant warrior or a patient person? Here's what Proverbs 16.32 says. Better, oh, I think I have this one on screen. Better a patient person than a warrior, one with self-control than one who takes a city. You know, if you had asked me before this, I think I would have probably just deferred to the idea of, you know, like the strong, you know, follower of Jesus Christ and the valiant warrior. And certainly there's a place for valiant warrior. There's a place for that in following Christian and following Christ and in our understanding of our faith. But I get the sense in reading this proverb that, uh, you know, the king here in this situation, he's like a hot-headed, 
short fused guy ready to charge off into battle and <laughs> they're a dime a dozen. I, I, can, I, can, I, can, I can just throw a, throw a ball and hit some hothead who's ready to fly off the handle. But show me somebody with a patient heart. That's somebody I can uniquely use in some very powerful ways. And I think that demonstrates itself in our world today. We have a lot of people that think it'd be bravery and boldness and excitement and awesome just to go charging off But God's hand. But if you can have patience, I'll be able to do things in and through you that I might not be able to do with other people. Because that is such a rare quality, that patience of heart. So we gotta foster that patience of heart towards God and in ourselves. And of course, we gotta drive this home now with, we need to be, we need to be patient with others, right? Because that's how it plays out. That's how it touched so many lives and, and so many people in Brant's life because he was then extending this patience towards all the people in his life. Recently, my wife signed me up to uh, volunteer for a bike race because I wasn't going to be in the bike race. Um, all, all names and everything except my wife's will be removed in this illustration. But she, but she signed me up to be the sweep in the race. Now, normally in a race, you know, people are like really fast and, and, and they go out. And I'm certainly not the fastest, um, but I'm also probably not the slowest. But Robin thought, oh, it'd be fun. George can, you know, kind of sweep the race and go behind and, and have a good experience. And then maybe the second half of the race, I could zoom ahead and see how it goes. So, so this race started and, um, and I am not proud to say this, but uh, these, there were people in the back of the pack <clears throat> that, that I was, it was going so slow, I was actually calculating that we were averaging four miles an hour, which is slower than a brisk walking pace. I was losing my mind. I was going nuts. And I, but with, with, I'm, I'm very happy to say, I'm not proud of this, but I bit my tongue the whole time because they'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so slow. And I'd be like, you're faster than everybody who isn't racing. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. so I was being like really good about it like in the moment, but by the end of it, I got in the car with Rob and, and I said, my human resources of the patient are gone for the rest of the summer. You can't ask me to do anything that requires patience for like the next three months because that in a sense is the truth of it. My human resources, my human capacity for patience is quite limited, easily exhausted. But that's the whole point of this being a spiritual fruit is we then want to and need to tap into a supernatural resource of love and joy and peace and patience. And that's when I realized I need to ask the spirit to grow this fruit in my life. I can't do it on my own. I'm not going to be patient on my own. I'm not going to be wired for patience. I'm a fast moving guy. I wanna walk at a brisk pace. I wanna get things done. I wanna get up and get going. I, I need the spirit to help me to cultivate this fruit in my life. Then God gave me an opportunity to cultivate that fruit in my life because we just went on vacation with all of Robin's family for a whole week four different households under one roof for a week. This was an extraordinary test of my patience. I don't know if I passed because it's really hard. You get that many people together and some are early risers and 
someone to sleep in, someone to stay up late. Some of us had already been up since 5 a.m. doing stuff. Someone to play a game, someone to go on a hike, someone to watch a movie, someone to go read a book. And you've got to navigate all of this stuff. But what I was able to do, knowing that, of course, I was about to preach a message on patience <laughs> come this moment, the Spirit was able to definitely work in my life just by continually reminding me, George, how, how are people experiencing you this week? And more specifically, of course, are they experiencing your love through patience? Are you patiently going at the pace of the walk? Are you patiently going along with what the larger group wants to do in this moment? Are you patiently waiting at the border for the line to short? Are you patient? I don't know how I passed. I don't know what will be said of me. But I hope that might, what might be said of me, as was said of Brandt, of course, is that at least I was making steps striving towards. I was leaning into a love lived out through patience towards the people around me. Because I know I need patience, and I know the people in our lives need patience. Think about the patience that people have extended towards you. Think all the way back to when you were a child and you don't even have the memories, but think about parents cleaning up after you, caring for you, doing your laundry, doing the dishes, putting you to bed, continuing to work while you were sleeping away. Think about the patience of parents trying to teach you all of those things. Think about the patience of a teacher going over literally the elementary basics of a topic that they knew so thoroughly it should have been mind-numbingly boring. But they patiently walked through all of that knowledge with you. Think about the coach that patiently went through drill after drill after drill with you so that it could just become second nature to swing at that ball or to throw that football or to make that shot. Think about the patience that a spouse has had with you when you've been going through a hard time. Think about the patience that has been extended that has touched your life. And we need to become people that extend that kind of patience, of course, to the people all around us. So, God is patient. Let's learn to be patient with ourselves. We got to extend patience to the people around us. But now let's wrap it up with this and we can get the team up to continue us in, in some worship to drive this point home then. How does patience often cultivate? How does it grow? How, how, do, we, how do we move forward as becoming loving, patient Christians? The, the, the scriptures make it abundantly clear. There's a lot of places we could go to this, but I'm going to go to James chapter 5, verses 9 and 10. Um, don't, uh, that's, there you go. Is that the one? Don't grumble against one another. Uh, that's, uh, yep. There we go, 10. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Oh, we missed the last part there. Um, patience through suffering is what that passage was about. Sorry that I got the uh, a reference wrong on the screen there. It is time and again, through our experience of long suffering, that God will so often begin to cultivate and develop the fruit 
of patience in each and every one of our lives. God seems to be able to uniquely grow a patient heart through our experience of suffering. Because when we're not suffering, we don't need patience. Here's when I don't need patience. Whenever I'm enjoying a great meal with my family and friends, oh, oh man, this, how much longer is this awesome time gonna go on? No, you, you don't need patience when you're having a wonderful time. When you're on vacation, enjoying a long bike ride, I don't need patience. I could ride this trail all day long. This is amazing. I don't need patience when I'm sitting on the coast of the Puget Sound, enjoying the beauty of the West Coast in extraordinary ways. I don't need patience in those experiences. I want them to last forever. But when things are hard, when things are rough, when relationships are tense, when we are in pain, when things aren't going as we planned, when things aren't working out according to our plans, right? That, that's when we grow and cultivate the fruit of patience in our lives. So my friends, my people, I'm not saying go and seek suffering. Suffering will find you soon enough. Suffering will find all of us soon enough. And when the suffering comes, remember God's long-suffering patience towards his people and cultivate that fruit of patience in your own life. Because it's through our patience and those experiences that we're going to just live out this fruit in profound ways. I, I just thought of it literally last night at the kind of the end of the day. Um, there's a movie kind of about this, and, and I don't know if I can recommend it or not because I haven't seen it in years, but it was a movie called Click. Um, and this guy, uh, he is very impatient. And I forget how it works out, but he ends up getting this like remote control that controls the universe. So I, I could be destroying this illustration. My apologies if I am, in fact. But as I recall how the movie went, in his impatience, he just starts fast forwarding all of the things in life that were driving him crazy. He'd fast forward sitting through a beating. He'd fast forward sitting through traffic. Then he started fast forwarding meals with his parents and started fast forwarding sitting through boring soccer games, watching his kids, started fast forwarding through, and he gets to the end of his life and he realizes he had fast forwarded past everything and lost all those relationships that meant the most to him. So the invitation, the need that we have to foster this fruit of patience is simply saying, you know, we, we don't just fast forward through these seemingly mundane or even difficult things, but in these sometimes mundane and difficult things, that's when life being lived is actually building the relationships and the love that we all need. Maybe I read too much in the movie, I don't know, but the point is patience, patience. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you first and foremost for your patience towards me, your patience toward all of your children. Thank you for patiently loving us through our lies, through our rebellion, through our sin, through our wayward ways. Lord, thank you for your patient love toward us. Lord, help us to be patient toward ourselves, gracious to ourselves. Lord, help us then to extend this patience to the people in our lives spouses, to our children, to our family and friends, to our neighbors. Let us be a people living into this fruit of patience because we know love is patient. Pray this
you.